Welcome to Around the Board, a show where four board game enthusiasts discuss board game topics and news. Here are your hosts, Andy Barnett, Chris Thomason, Daniel Connors, and John Theismann. Now, join us Around the Board. So, guys, are any of you fans of Marvel Champions? Is that a dice game? Dice that's game? Dice. No, no, that's that's dice uh, dice masters. Oh, oh, this is yeah. the versus game yeah. where you play. No versus. That's that's a that's an old game that came back. It's not that one either. Oh, I see. Is this yeah. the legendary game? No, that's a that's a deck builder game. This is a this is a deck constructor. So yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, <laughs> Marvel Champions is a game for Fantasy Flight. It kind of evolved from Lord of the Rings LCG. It evolved from Arkham Horror LCG, and then now we have Marvel Champions, which is one of the greatest games. It's one of my favorite games, and um, you guys will eventually learn that I am a big, big Marvel uh, fan. I have been collecting comics since third grade, so when this Marvel Champions came out, I was super excited about it. But uh, unfortunately, it was always just the you know Iron Man, Hulk. But now, but now the big news: they have announced the X Men set. Is the X Men yes. are the greatest superheroes that have ever been created, and it's un, undisputed. So, why do um, you have all that Batman memorabilia at your house? Man, a DC character? Well, yes, but I'm just, just but X Men are better. Um, and actually, it's not called uh, X Men, right? Isn't it called uh, something else? Uh, Genesis, <laughs> Mutant Genesis, or something like that? Isn't that what it's called? Yes, yeah. So the Marvel <laughs> Champions comes in these campaign boxes. Uh, you can buy individual cards as well, but the campaign boxes is Mutant Genesis. But mm. it's introducing the X Men. Prior to this, there were no X Men. Uh, they did hint at the X Men with the Multiple Man being an X Factor, but this is the first one. So the set is going to include uh, Shadow Cat, Kitty Pride, uh, Colossus. Peter S. Putin, and then you're going to fight against Magneto, the Brotherhood, Sentinels, you know, all the classic uh, X-Men. So, And then they also said they're going to release uh, Phoenix and Cyclops as well uh, adjacent to it. Same day. The two okay. of the best heroes that have ever been been uh, created again. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Does this actually come with a, a, a classic, I heard it comes with like a Charles Xavier uh, model with his neck broken? Oh! <laughs> Oh no! It's his back, man. His back. Oh, I thought it was his neck. He couldn't move his arms. Oh my goodness! I have it. I have an action figure from when the movies came out in 2000, and it's uh, Professor X. And you literally, his legs don't work. You can pick him up, and his his legs oh, just funny. dangle. I'll serious? have to show that next time. Oh, yeah, my God. it's pretty classic. All right, I may be I may be spoiling something with what I said. I'm sorry. <laughs> At this point. If, if, uh, if, spoilers, he can't walk. It wasn't a spoiler <laughs> until now. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Now, do you, none of you know what I'm referring to? I do now. Okay, okay. You're one of those people that it wasn't a spoiler until you tell it's a spoiler, and now it's a spoiler. Oh, right. Yeah. And I don't like those because I don't like those street rods, those no. fancy cars. <laughs> uh, but thanks for clearing that up, Daniel. I did not know that Shadow Cat and Kitty Pride were the same person. I was like, who is this Shadow Cat? How did you not know that? So, I, she was Kitty Pride anytime I was reading comic books. I never heard of her being Shadow. No, Cat. she was also called Sprite, and I think uh, Sprite. I heard that one. Yeah. All right. There you go. So okay. okay. So, that, so that's it. I actually really like Colossus. So that's a good, cool one to start good. with. I I do think it's odd that they only start with those two, but I guess that's kind of par for the course with the. Yeah, they don't want to give you the, the nice juicy ones right off the bat. They want you to buy more, so they, they can't so give you. Tell Wolverine. us what's so great about this game. It's 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 not a co-op, is it? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a co-op. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's still a great game. And just because it's a co-op doesn't automatically make it horrible. Anyways, so my point is, though, guys, is there's four other superhero, uh, four other mutants that are going to be released, and they haven't announced it yet. Do you guys have any idea, any thoughts about who they could be? Chris, you've been quiet. What four X-Men are next? Uh, well, I mean, the money makers, I assume, would make, you know, you'd go with Wolverine. Uh, you'd go with um, Jubilee. Yeah, Jubilee, you know, uh, the uh, original to the cartoon show. And uh, what else we got? A Gambit. Yep, have to be And Gambit. I'm, I, like, he's not really, but kind of, like, an X-Men, but, like, I would just because the dollars right they gotta have deadpool in there so oh they have deadpool I'm right or wrong i'm just saying for the deadpool, dollars it's, he's gonna be in there it has to be uh x-men origins wolverine that version of deadpool oh yeah the ryan reynolds with his mouth yes, sewed shut his mouth <laughs> that would be good yeah. all right andy what's your guesses who what four x-men are gonna be re, uh announced uh, next well, uh, the beast has got to be in there uh, that's um, a good one yeah. Uh, I think uh, probably, like I said, Jubilee was one of my guesses. Yeah. Not really a good guess, but whatever. Uh, I, I, I'll I say, think it is. Well, it could be. It could be. Um, let's go with, uh, what's the what's the, 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 the gal that can do the diamond skin? The, uh, Emma. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, White Queen. Yeah, there, there might you be go. something. White Queen. Okay. So there's uh, three. Uh, and then that's three. What's another one? Uh, What's the, what's the big dude? The really big dude that can uh, he he gets he's like a, a boxer. He's huge. The blob. Though. The blob. That's it. <laughs> that's not a hero, but well, sure, we'll go with be that. Be in the set though. Okay. <laughs> All right, John. What are your guesses? Uh, got to have Storm. Storm's got to be in there. Yep. Uh, Professor X, with or without his working neck, <laughs> would have to be in there as well. Definitely not a working um, back, but maybe a working neck. <laughs> um, Nightcrawler. Okay. Uh, Hey, that's in, yeah, German Nightcrawler. We'll have him in there. Um, who would be German the last? I, don't, I, don't know who, I think Wolverine, right? I, Wolverine's got to be the other one. The Wolverine has to be in the next in the next. Okay, set, so I'm all right. Throw Wolverine in there as well. All right, so here's my guesses. Um, I'm gonna go with Gambit and Rogue. It has to be Gambit and Rogue. And then they got they can't be too uh, somebody too big because they got to save something for the next set. So it can't be like Storm. So I'm gonna say Psylocke and Angel, Archangel. Ooh, so those are my four. So, guys, when they announce those four, I think we should award ourselves points to see who was correct. So, we'll we'll circle around, back around on this one. All right. This podcast is squarely built on points. Oh, yes, it is. Definitely. You guys don't know this yet, but this is all about the points. Have we got any other news to cover by chance? We do. I also wanted to talk about... uh, the nudist, uh, the new, the, uh, the, <laughs> the nudist hey, game. <laughs> no, it is the mature. <laughs> <laughs> it's the newest game from Ledger Games, who created. How do you say that? I don't know. How do you say that? I, I say, say thing, leader games. Leader games. There you go. I say things wrong all the time. You guys will find out. <laughs> all right, isn't that right, Chris Thompson? All right. Um, nope. <laughs> That is correct, Danielle. So the, <laughs> the newest game from Leader Games, who brought us Root and Oath and Fort, uh, is Arcs. has to stay with the four-letter name. And yes. this is a uh, space-faring um, combat uh, expans- uh, extermination game. You're expanding into the universe, exterminating each other. Uh, this one is also done by Cole Worley, um, who did Root. 
and Oath as well. Um, and uh, did what do you guys think about this one? I'm pretty excited for it. Root's one of my favorite games, so when I saw this, um, seemed super excited about it. Uh, it looks like it adds a really brand new mechanic about like doing like a trick taking mechanic while playing the game. Seems pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, to me, it's I mean it's to me it's the most ambitious theme for sure yet from uh, leader games. I mean you've got uh, the woodland creatures fighting. I mean it's a pretty basic theme. You've got fort, which is just kids building a fort in a backyard. I mean you know, it's pretty yeah. pretty basic down to earth stuff. Now you're it's sci fi. You're out in space. You're you know doing all these things and and it has a lot. Of, the artwork still is borrowed from the other games. It looks it looks really cool. Yeah. And it it has a lot of mechanics still from some of the other games too. It's just kind of reimagined. It look, looked to me like a lot of familiar mechanics from leader games reimagined into a really cool sci-fi theme. And I don't usually like sci-fi themes, so uh, this one looks really cool to me. I think oh. I think it's I think it's gonna be pretty neat. And Good. I'm sure Daniel will buy it, so I'll try. It. I'm back in it. I already got an order <laughs> through Mission Board Games. There you go. <laughs> Nice. Right. I'm, I'm excited to see what it, uh, what what happens with it. I I got to be honest. Root was something that I did not warm up to at first, uh, but the more I played it, the more I did like it. Fort oh. eh, that didn't really uh, hit much for me. That was kind of a, a big miss. Yeah, same here. You played Oath too, didn't you? I have not played Oath. Oh, okay, I guess that wasn't with you. Yeah, Oath was fine. I played one game. It was good. I want to try it again. It's kind of like a tableau that everybody is sharing, and you can change it. Um, yeah, anyways, it's a really cool uh, game, so we'll see. Chris, what do you think about this? They're all uh, tuned for him. Yeah, i got to be honest. Like, It's really the first of the four uh, that the elevator pitch was interesting to me. Uh, hmm. um, Root was just like, okay, asymmetrical, I'll try this. And you know, I had definitely kind of had a roller coaster of opinions on playing that game the first and second times, but <laughs> uh, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, no, I do kind of like the idea of uh, the new one. It's like, it sounds pretty interesting to me. I mean, I will admit one of the um, main points that got me interested was the fact that it's going to be using trick taking for some sort of resolution. Um, I'm actually not a huge fan of trick taking like games like car- hearts or spades or anything mm-hmm. like that, but using it as a um a vehicle for some sort of gameplay i actually really enjoy like cool. i recently realized that i enjoyed that from uh, brian Baru. really like that game love the uh the the idea of using trick taking for just like i said just a vehicle of the game and not really a um Im- direct emphasis on it but yeah um but yeah no so so if they can if they can take that kind of idea and then add some like you know 4x type stuff gameplay mm-hmm. to it that sounds great to me cool cool so wait there's That's another game that uh... that does trick taking that incorporates trick taking into a board. I didn't. I didn't know that. I mean, Ark is. Yeah. Are, are you talking about? Are you? Is this a joke about Brian Baru because you just <laughs> yes. won't play it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. For there, reason, you finally Daniel picked up like on it. Blacklisted Brian Baru. I don't understand it, but uh, I think it, it's, it, it is I, what it is. It does. I still haven't good. found anybody I've played it with that hasn't thoroughly enjoyed Brian Baru. So. Right. Yeah. I'm. It's I'm sure I like it. So. It, it doesn't look very nice though, but that's that's the case with a lot of games that are good. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, there we go. That's what we have for the news. Um, Stick with us again. We'll uh, do the news segment first. But after the news, we will go straight into what everybody comes here for, and that is the game show. So let's go listen to uh, Andy uh, explain (laughs) what is going on. 
Well, Daniel, thanks for asking. Yeah, a podcast, that's what we have here, a podcast where we debate different tabletop gaming topics and award meaningless points to our contestants to see who will be crowned king of nothing and have about a minute or two to talk about whatever they want at the end of the show. So let's get started with our first game. It is time to talk about... Yes. Older. <laughs> yeah. Or is older better? There, there you go. go. Yeah, sorry, I, I was waiting for you to jump in there, Chris, since that's your game. Go ahead, tell us about it. Okay. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I uh, I guess this kind of just uh, uh, sprung out of the uh, different dynamics of the four of us. Uh, I started playing, like, in the late 90s, and, um, I mean, I've had a couple of periods there where I've played less and more games, but largely I've been playing board games ever since then. So, uh, you know, I came up on Catan, Parkinson, El Grande, um, games like that, and... Uh, um, I actually, part of the reason I love them, I love the aesthetic of them and how different they were from American games at the time, you know, instead of Monopoly on these nice plastic pieces or risk or something like that, high detail plastic, quote unquote, at the time, they were just like wooden little cubes and small, low graphic, like shapes. And I was like, this is cool. And you know, the, the, uh, the El Grande from the original El Grande was interesting looking in nature but we'll move on from that uh but anyways uh i just love that kind of stuff and so i've been playing uh all that time and so the art back then by a lot of people's standards was not great but it was like life-changing to me so I, I i latched onto it and appreciate it so and this is because of your amish upbringing correct <laughs> you got to finally play with wooden things you know the the, the things i'm saying and the look i have on the on the screen i guess i could see that but uh, no i'm not amish <laughs> but uh you know shout out to the amish people watching us uh anyways uh regardless uh, so I've been playing all this time and recently there's obviously been a huge push for higher quality components and, and pick and, and, uh, picture quality and art, just art, all that stuff. And I think it's a giant waste of time. So part of it was all culminating in me wanting to talk about are older games better or are, is the current, uh, thought process on games, uh, better while in my opinion, older games more focus on the actual game. While newer games are more focused on uh, making things pretty and making sure it, the game sells, not that uh, it gets played and actually enjoyed. So, all right, uh, so we're gonna go straight over to Daniel and see what he has to oh, say. Oh, come on, I was ready to go, man. All right, go go in, Andy. No, no, no. You already said he was first. Go ahead. All, all right. right. Well, um, so are older games better? Absolutely not. The only reason we think that older games are better is because we've had 20 plus years to decide which one was actually the best. So the games that you named are even kind of okay. Um, you know, Carcassonne, Catan, El Grande, they're good. They're, they're good. And they are going to top some people's top 100 lists um, and, and they are going to be respectable. But that's it. The farther back you go, the smaller that pool of games get. But when you look at these games that came out in the past 10 years, you will have hundreds of games each year that come out that are quality, that are enjoyed by all. And beyond that, just the appearance of these games. Back in the day, they only had wood, apparently. They didn't think that anything else could even look pretty. So just because a game looks pretty doesn't mean it's bad. And they're starting to discover that, including... 18xx games they recently had a kickstarter for an 18xx game where they actually did a beautiful board and it was still completely functional anyways old games are ugly but and dated um, there's a few of them that are still classics and good but for the most part 
no, I'd rather take a modern class, uh, you know, a, a game that came out in the past five years than one that took came out 20 years ago. But what about you, Andy? Well, I was going to say first, I'd love to hear how many negative points Chris has awarded you for that. Um, <laughs> nope. what, what is this? Who's controlling the points here? I don't I don't know. We, we have we have unbiased judges standing uh -huh. by. Yeah, uh -huh. that's right. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Just, well, call, anyway, just uh, calm yourself. I, 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 you know, you know, this is really important to me. I want to win. I'm a very competitive person. As you know, I don't do co-ops. Uh, so here, here's the deal. I don't think I, you know, my, my first reaction is to say, of course, older games are better. However, I will say, I don't think you can make a judgment one way or the other. I don't think that's the, that's the, that's not the test. The test is whether they are solid or not. And there are new games that are solid and have new mechanics that are kind of neat. I do agree that design is not everything like actual graphic design. I mean, there's plenty of games that look mm. great, that are terrible. I mean, there's, there's so many and, and you know, what new games do have a going against them is that a lot of them are just retreads of the same mechanics that are uh, tried and true. So there are a lot of great classic games. And, you know, um, for me, it, it's, you know, certainly I grew up uh, or grew up, uh, got into the <laughs> hobby when I was just a wee lad. I, I got into the hobby uh, and, and played games like uh, uh, Settlers and uh, Ticket to Ride and, and games like that. Dominion, certainly a lot. Uh, but there have been improvements. For instance, Dominion. I, I love Dominion. I played it to death when it came out. Do I want to play Dominion now? No, not a chance. I'm sorry. I would much rather play a game that uses the same mechanics as Dominion, but has more to it. So, for instance, for me, my favorite deck builder is probably Tyrants of the Underdark, which just had a reprint, by the way, which actually is worse than the original. But <laughs> I digress. Um, so there's there's some of those. The older is better in that case. Just What's that? Well, so older is better in that case. So the older version of Tyrex, throw that out there. That is true. There you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, it just it just I, I think it just depends. I mean, uh, in you know there's there are a lot of games that are older that that came out in Germany specifically. You know, I'm a big fan of some of the designers. I'm a big fan of, and it's funny how what you call old now too, because I still remember when Agricola came out. It doesn't seem like it was that old, but it, but it is now. But you know, Uwe Rosenberg's games, Stefan Feld's games. They don't always look the greatest, but man, they play great, and some of them have uh, been around a while. And are you yawning at me, John? Let's <laughs> I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Okay, go ahead. Uh, thank you. I will. Um, <laughs> like like many of you, of course, that, that's all there was to play was the original games to get you into the hobby. For me, it was Catan. Now we, I played games growing up, and then Catan was that next step for me with the new ho game hobby games. And so that's all that we played. We played Catan, and we played Catan, and we played Catan. And then I had my eyes opened that, hey, there's other games with real themes and with cool-looking components that are also fun to play, just like Catan, only it's, they really grab you with a theme. And so what really gets me is when, when I hear a reviewer say, oh, well, this game is overproduced. And it's, to me, it's, there's no such thing as overproduced. If you want to make a million toys come with your game that are fun to mess with while you're playing the game, who am I to say that's wrong? Who are you to say that's wrong as a reviewer? That's what gets me. It's like, it's, I don't hate myself. I want to have fun playing a game. I want it to look good. And sorry, all little wood components that just look like wood. I mean, it's it's like Santa's elves made these games. And, and we, I think we're beyond that. I think we, we don't have cobblestone streets anymore. We can have games that look like an actual theme that we're putting out there. So when that's I right. see games like Istanbul, Puerto Rico, they might be a fine game. 
And some of them are when I've played them. But when you just look at the box, you're like, oh, my, I, is this a history class? Am I going to, you know, what's this? This does not look fun to me. This looks like. John, you're missing out on such good games. What do you, what do you I've mean? I've played some of them. Some of them are good. Might be fun. But they're not Puerto amazing. Might be fun. Puerto Rico's an amazing game. It's not amazing. It's fun. It is, it's, it's decent. Classic, it's not amazing. amazing. You're, you're looking at it with uh, nostalgia in your eyes. It's, no, it's, not, it's not the amazing game you make it out to be. I played it's a good game. game. It's a fine game. I'd give it a, a six and a half. It's not bad. <laughs> I do want to respond to one thing with with you, John. You know, a lot of people talk about how, like, oh, they're a great craftsman. They've been at this. They've been at their, you know, uh, at their craft for thirty years and stuff like that. Um, I would say that uh, game components made by elves who are thousands of years older are old. Are, are clearly have the best components. They are great craftsmen. They've been doing it for thousands of years. You can't top those elves. Okay. <laughs> except the, except uh, just like in, in how in your mind these games are, are better, that's a fantasy, believing in elves as well. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you going to call out my elf belief? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is an all at that. inclusive show. And, yeah. <laughs> Not the Christmas show. Not those kind of elves. Come on. <laughs> I'm talking about the ones from uh, Mirkwood. What? Who's Mirkwood? Christos. Wow. Okay, so an, an audience <laughs> of two got that. That's pretty good. Yeah. There's actually going to be a lot of people that get that reference, but anyways, mm. we can move on. Yeah, probably old people. <laughs> it's from Tolkien, you idiot. <laughs> Who's this Tolkien you speak of? Uh, we don't know. Some old guys. Kenny and I will be starting a new podcast next week of all the listeners we still have. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we can move on from this one. So the next one we are going to talk about is QE from BoardGameTables.com. Um, it's a fun auction game where we uh, you don't actually have money. You just make up money you just get to decide how much you're gonna spend and uh whoever spends the most loses it's kind of a really interesting game where you're really getting inside the minds of your opponents um you're trying to think like example chris will never play risky ever so i always know that i can just bid just a little bit above him but just a little bit but then john he's kind of like crazy risky so he's going to be like, well, I haven't won one in like two rounds. I'm going to bid a million dollars. And all of a sudden, John's entire thing blows up. But Chris is still terrified to go above $200. But I know that John went to a million. So I'm going to say like, it's $1,000. It's $2,000. Anyways, this QE game, it's a wide open auction game. Uh, very uh, interesting, intriguing things. I've never really uh, seen another game do anything quite like this. Um, so we're just uh, one of the games that we've had an interesting interactions with between the four of us. So we just kind of wanted to dive into this and give our thoughts about QE from Board Table. Wait, BoardGameTables.com. Uh-huh. All right, let's start with uh, John. You want right. to give us your thoughts on it? Well, first of all, to kind of explain the game a little bit, the actual theme is that it's a worldwide financial downturn, and every country is trying to attract businesses to come to their country so they can re-jumpstart their economy. And so you're just printing money. As a country, you're printing money to get these people to come to you. And so just like in real life, if you print too much money, that's a bad thing. So whoever prints the most money at the end of the game cannot win. Yeah. And so nobody knows what you're bidding on them. And, and actually, it's every time I've played it, it's been a great time. But uh, it has been rumored to be to suffer for some metagaming where mm-hmm. 
there's really like kind of a formula you can you can run if everybody's running that formula it makes it not as much fun to play and so that's where the qe expansion comes in <laughs> with the commodities that uh, andy and i had the pleasure of play of trying uh, out with joe what's his last name anderson uh, wiggins i believe wiggins joe wiggins yeah, anderson from uh, boardgametables.com <laughs> and the expansion i think fixes any problems with the game that you would have with that and and it just i can't imagine playing it without it now after we played it with it like three or four times so it's basically what it is if you come in second place to win one of the businesses you get to choose one of the three commodities that are available and they all have different attributes to them some are risky some are blue chip etc and also whatever you spend on that second place whoever the auctioneer is that round gets to deduct that from their total at the end of the mm. game so you could be you could think you've spent way too much and then all of a sudden some idiot like me spends five hundred thousand dollars and comes in second and so now all of a sudden you get to deduct five hundred thousand from the end of your total so then you, hey i'm back in business let's print more money hmm. so i think it adds a really cool element to the game and so look for that it's going to be on kickstarter if it's i think it's on kickstarter now so it is on kickstarter right yes. now so look for that now and uh it, it, it's uh, to me it's a must-have to go with qe that's cool. all i got on that cool all right uh, what about uh, Andy? Let's hear from you. Oh, yeah. I did have the opportunity to play it with John recently, and I really liked it. I, I liked QE to begin with. It wasn't a bad little bidding game, and I love bidding games. I really do. I mean, I, whether it's uh, games like The Estates, uh, there's there's a ton of bidding games that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one that came to mind. But uh, <laughs> Raw. Uh, High Society. <laughs> High Society. Medici. Yeah, so it goes on and on. Um, but QE is good, and, and the expansion just made it a must-have for me. I loved it. I loved the uh, the additional uh, interesting things, the uh, the awarding second place to people when they're, they're bidding on things and giving them the choice of uh, uh, the different bonuses. Um, I would definitely get it. I would definitely get it in a heartbeat. Unfortunately, my only gripe right now is that if I understand things correctly, you cannot buy or back just the QE expansion or QE and the expansion. You have to back a number of expansions that the, the same company has come out with for their other games. It's like a, an expansion pack, which that's fine. But, man, I just want to buy the QE and QE expansion. So hopefully that'll be available at some point. But uh, fun game. Yeah. I think it'll all go to retail. So if you can't back it on Kickstarter, at least hopefully they'll come out individually in retail and we'll be able to, yeah, let's hope. you know make up for it for that so all right chris what do you think what do you think of qe so i have not played the expansion yet but um i i've played qe i i, I know once for sure and i think twice maybe uh but mm-hmm. um I, I know that the the game man I'm, I'm so conflicted about it uh when i first played it i actually really hated the lack of um certainty about the game you know just just make up a number i was just like uh two dollars i don't know know. and and like i remember playing it like the first round like i did something like that like two dollars or whatever like that and then daniel was like ten thousand and i was like what Okay, okay um well, he's not going to do that again because, like, I did two, and if you have the most, you're going to lose. So he, he's going to do like a hundred next time. So I was like, all right, a hundred to one. Dan was like, forty thousand. I'm like, what is going on in this game? And so, like, it just really threw me off, and I just really didn't like it at first. Well, it, I, I was I was very conflicted, like I said before, very conflicted about it. Um, and it was funny. Uh, initially, Daniel thought myself and everybody else at the table actually didn't like the game. We kind of digested over a couple of days, and we realized we did kind of like it. And then, uh, in preparation for the show, I mean, I know I was thinking about talking about it, and 
I, honestly, I think it's like it's this game that thrives actually on meta. Like I know John was talking about, there's sometimes a meta issue and stuff like that, and 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 maybe there is if if you're all playing by a very. I mean, I, I guess I can see the idea that meta is a problem, but I also think it's all it could be a strength. Like like for example, you played three rounds, like three games of it, but view each game as like a round, and then total score across all three. And yeah. and I think that there could actually be some very interesting like gameplay and dynamics that would be created from that meta, um, so to speak. So I mean, I, I am interested to play these the commodities as well. Um, you know, uh, that, that's those do seem like some very interesting mechanics that could add a lot to the game. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like kind of conflicted about it. I, I definitely would want to try to do the play the three games three games uh, aggregate before I make an official ruling on the game. But um, yeah it's 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 definitely one of those games it it very much depends on the play group for yeah. sure that's yeah, not yeah. one of those that definitely. is just is independent as a game it's very much based on your on your play group yeah, well, and yeah and I, back in, let me just say that i i i enjoy the fact that you can mess with people a little bit sure sure my nature those of you that don't know me is to to troll a little bit and so i enjoy the fact that I or all the flipping <laughs> time <laughs> <laughs> yes i enjoy being able to mess with people yeah, a little bit give so <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't really get my thoughts on it. I just kind of explained the game, maybe kind of poorly. Thank you, John, for covering me. Oh, <laughs> no. Okay. So I was super stoked about QE when I first uh, heard about it. I, I love auction games, much like Andy. Um, I loved uh, Estates as like one of my favorites. Um, enjoyed Medici a whole bunch. Um, don't really care for High Society, though. I don't know why. It's because Forcell is better. That's why. It just, it just is. And it, it kind of does the same thing for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, regardless, um, I was super excited to play QE and I busted it out the first time and I loved it. I had a blast with it. I thought it was so, so creative. Uh, it was so getting into your opponent's mind and then look at the table and everyone's like gloomy and everyone's like, wait, what, what just happened? What's going on? Like, why, why are we bidding this? And it, and it was like this for like a whole 30 minutes where like these people just weren't understanding it. And I was like, well, this must've bombed. And then the, the second time they were like, oh, we figured this out. So let's let's go ahead and play again. So I'm like, all right, well, let's let's play it again. Well, the, the game gets kind of samey. So you don't want to play it back to back. Like Chris said, he um, he said yeah, he wants to play three games. I would never want to play three games of this game. When Every time I've played it, I've played two games in a row. And by the second game, I'm kind of done with it. I'm kind of like, it's kind of boring. And then everybody else um, always seems kind of like mediocre about it. But what's weird about it, is that after I talked to them after the you know the next night they're like oh that QE game was great and I'm like what where was that during yeah. the gameplay yeah and exactly time after time after time I've played this game that was the exact response I've gotten so I don't understand a, something about this game that just makes people sit there in a stupor trying to understand it and the whole time making the person explaining the game feel yeah. like you know I obviously did something wrong I was actually moments away from selling this game. <laughs> Until um, our friend Ryan Evans, he had played it, and he uh, the next day he was like, "I love that game. It was great." And I was like, "Oh, what? You you liked it?" He's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Would not have did had no clue from what yeah. what encountered last night." So, um, so yeah, no QE is a, it's a fun game. It's a great game. Like I said, the first time I played it, had a blast. But it's just kind of uh, I don't know. It's just it, it's hard to play multiple times. And like Chris said, I think that is the best way to play it is multiple times. So you know, there you go. I think it's one of those games that uh, going into it, I, I had read about it, so I knew a little bit about it. So it was kind of like 
I think Daniel, I might have played with you and like three other people. Mm -hmm. Nobody else knew anything about it. So it kind of had a little inside information where I'm like, I'm going to bid high early because nobody else knows you got it. These numbers are going to go insane later in the yeah, game. Yeah. There's no way to stop it. It has to. So knowing that going in, I mean, if you don't know that, it's like, it's like Chris was saying, you're like, it's, it's like you're, it's like a yeah. car wreck. You're like, what, what, what just happened? Yeah. What, you know? I, I was on the road and all of a sudden I'm in the ditch. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you're like, what's, what's, you know, right up is down. Like, you know, so what's going, you know. My and gameplay so, with Chris so, was, yeah, I was think epic. You're just kind of sitting there, you know, so that's probably what the reaction you were getting from people. Was yeah. Like, what just happened? Yeah. What? I don't understand, you know, yeah. but so I love, a, but it doesn't mean it's not fun. It's just you're trying to process it. It's oh. trying to, you know, trying to sink in a little bit. Have so, you guys ever played an old game called Intrigue? Uh, no. One's with you. Once? It, yeah. yeah. It sounds oh, it, intriguing. It, it, well, it, yeah, it's not actually. It's not. Um, <laughs> it's ironic. It's, it's funny because it has the same kind of flexibility where you can kind of do whatever you want, but it absolutely encourages you that you will basically backstab and lie to everyone throughout yeah. the game. Um, and it's just almost too open. And so QE gives you a little bit more control than that, but it provides you a little openness too, which is kind of cool. So. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I was gonna say the first time I played this game with Chris, I I will say I enjoyed immensely watching Chris's face just explode <laughs> as I was writing down these huge numbers. And the whole time I'm thinking is, what is he bidding? Like, how is he not one yet? <laughs> now I know you're bidding two and a hundred. <laughs> so yeah, the first game can be fun for the person teaching it, watching the yeah. people's reaction, but that's not always the best experience for everyone either yeah so gotcha. but, but again i mean and i, I know we're gonna move on but <clears throat> i do want to say that's exactly the reason that i do think playing that three game aggregate would be interesting because you know like the, that first that first round kind of sets the baseline for the next round and then that the second round sets the baseline for the yeah. third round right and so um yeah just just it could potentially get just crazy out of control or it could like, you know, kind of go up and down, you know, potentially, mm -hmm. you know, who knows? Yeah. So. Well, in the end, I would say that a QE, I think all of us enjoy it enough that we would at least uh, want it in one of our collections. We play games with each other often enough. So I think if one of us had it, I think we'd all be happy with that. And uh, I do want to also uh, shout out to boardgametables.com uh, for those who are local, just know that they are actually uh, officially one of our sponsors of international tabletop day, July 9th. So um, show them your support. Tell the, tell them that you heard about them from us, either on Around the Board or on yes. our uh, other local group, um, uh, FBC Gamers is what we call ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, show them our support and, uh, and we appreciate them and we appreciate this game. So we're done with QE and now we're going to take a break from this, small, this game and we're going to check um, some mail from the audience. That's right, Daniel. Thank you so much. We're going to go to the mailbag here, and we have our first letter that came in. This one is from Harold M. Harold <laughs> M. writes, Looking forward to the podcast. Can you each briefly tell me what your favorite board game mechanic is? So let's go to you first, Daniel. My uh, favorite board game mechanic. Let's see. Actually, ironically, I didn't know you were going to ask this. The mail is always going to be a surprise to us, and uh, I kind of i think it's it's bidding it's auctioning i really enjoy auction games but in my top 10 games i don't think i have any auction games so it's not like it's something that like if there's an auction in it i'm like woo but like i just love those that if you tell me that there's an auction in it i'm going to uh i'm going to immediately want to give it a try chris does brian baru have any auctions in it uh it actually does not see uh, garbage <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Chris, what's your favorite mechanic? So yeah, no, I'm I'm it's it is funny because yeah, I really do like Brian Baru, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, an auction. It's auction hands down. It's not close. Um, I, I think in some ways that is kind of like I cut my teeth with Canizia when I was coming up. Um, like a lot of his, I played Raw, Medici, and stuff like that out of when I was young. <clears throat> Not young, but you know what I'm saying. In the late 90s, early 2000s. And so um, <clears throat> I've realized over the last couple of years that like really his games just resonate with me, even if after all these years, like I should have known it before. But um, I love the um, simple mechanics that he usually has and then put tons of depth. And uh, he does it a lot. Excuse me. <clears throat> he does it a lot with uh, with auction, and so um, yeah, auction all the way for me. Cool. Oh, they call him the doctor. They call him the doctor. good doctor. Good doctor. Is it true? Can I, can, real quick, Reiner Knizia story. Is it true that he finally didn't have a game in the top one hundred on Board Game Geek, and so there was this big push to get something back up in the one hundred? I heard that was the case. Yes. Yes, well, there was the. There was complete nerd rage about it that there was no Canizia game <laughs> in the top hundred. Um, I don't remember. What, is it ti- Tigris and, Euphrates. and Euphrates? I believe yeah. that's what I was thinking. It's a fine game, by yeah. the way. Yeah, John, uh, your favorite board game mechanic? I'm going to guess it's uh, just gangsters or mobsters. <laughs> I don't think that's a mechanic. Actually, <laughs> seems like but every first, game you have has that. So first, I want to say thank you, Harry, for writing in, and <laughs> always keep your shirt on, buddy. <laughs> so, but but Harry, for me. Actually, the, my favorite mechanic would be worker placement. Um, I really love the, especially when it's kind of tight and you're like trying to figure out, man, I've only got you know two guys left. You know, I've got three actions I want to get done. Is there something I can do to pacify it? Maybe get through the next round. It's, I just really like the decision making you have to make when you're doing the worker placement. I think it's that's that to me. Uh, most of the games that I end up liking are like that, or have that mechanic. Uh, but a second, which I didn't think about recently until I've was talking about this game will come up later in the show cascadia has column drafting where you're drafting this with this like mm-hmm. a has to go with b and then you'd be you know saying and uh dream home is another game that has that and not many games do that and i really like that mechanic yeah. too because you're like well i really need x well there's x but it's coming with with that and i really also need mm-hmm. that but i don't need as much you know so it's you know, it's cool. it's hard to find that pair that you really want two or three items whatever it might be in the game that you you go ahead and commit to and draft so i, hey, I like that also and, hey john uh, did you yes. uh, play uh quadropolis i did it's been some time okay yeah that they, they kind of i've i'm they sure too, right? i'm sure yeah. another game did it before quadropolis but that was yeah. definitely the first one i played that okay. did that and i i, I yeah. really enjoy that game so i probably yeah, should give really cascadia nice. a try but those nature themed games kind of make me go eh. i so. hear you but <laughs> Hey, if John, it had a we'll gangster you... theme, then it'd be it'd be better. I will <laughs> let you know, John, that uh, uh, making the best bad decision—that's an old school game uh, th- philosophy. So just throwing that out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not these new games where you know just no matter what you do, you're gonna have fun and make lots of points. <laughs> point salad. There you go. That's Chris, right. I think we I think we moved on from that. Point game, salad right? buffet. Chris has never some, moved some on, from from moved on from that point. I will never move on. That's right. <laughs> so mechanic. I will beat that dead horse forever. <laughs> a horse beater. Uh, <laughs> other things um anyway uh i'm gonna just go with the mechanic that uh, probably uh, it was same same with you john uh, that would be uh, uh a worker placement engine building those those kind of games really just uh you know grab me and, and you know the, the 
the the great games for me are Stefan Feld games. I love Feld games because they always have some really cool uh, worker placement and engine building mechanics. Uh, Terraforming Mars is a great engine building mechanic. Uh, I will say occasionally I get the itch for like some sort of abstract feature. Um, there's certain games that have that that I really like. But, Got a uh, cream yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that is uh, the mail. All right. Yay. Well, we ready to head back into the game? Sure, let's do. All right. Next topic. Who's it? Who's up? I believe it is I. It is I who is up next. And we're going to talk about everyone's Rick. favorite subject, the Spiel de Jar, which have been nominated. Yes. And before I talk about it too much, let me just go and as you all know, I'm a huge fan of the Spiel de Jar. We've heard. And <laughs> heard that. But in all seriousness, I am very happy that there is a prestigious award that is talked about amongst gamers that gets the word out among the hobby. I just think that the spiel itself is not, not, not that it's not relevant, but that it's behind the times and that we need something a little bit. I'm, I'm thinking maybe the around the board award of excellence, maybe <laughs> yearly to be given out because let, but let me go into the, uh, to the categories. We'll do the spiel and the Kinderspiel, and we can talk about those. I don't think yeah. we really need to talk about the Kinderspiel unless you really want to. No, no, we're good. But up for the Spiel de Jar this year, and I'm getting spit on my microphone, is... <laughs> it's how you know you're Cascadia, saying it right. Cas Cascadia, which I had mentioned earlier, which actually came out in 2021. I think this is, this is pretty awesome. It came out recently. And then we also have Scout, which is came out in 2019. Okay. <laughs> And then we have Top 10, which came out in 2020. Um, both of those games are fine games. They, they're, now, they're, keep they're, in mind, they're, these games came out in Germany this year, though. Uh, Andy, I didn't throw it to you yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> do, I, do I get a point taken away from you for that? I, if I was in charge of it, yes. Okay. Um, so anyway, that, <laughs> Andy brings up an interesting point. Ask and it happens. The games that qualify for the Spiel des Jahres, the Kinderspiel, the Kinderspiel are games not that are available in German with German instructions. That's not good enough. They have to be readily available in German speaking shops. So <laughs> that is a weird yes, detail. Yes. You have to be able to how do you say Some Amazon people would say you have to be able to umpa paw your way down the street <laughs> and find it in the store. And so that brings us to the Kinderspiel. Because with the Kennerspiel, we have Living Forest, which looks like a really good game, and it actually came out last year, which is which is quite a coincidence. But then we also have Dune Imperium, which was, you know, like two years ago. There we go, and there it is. <laughs> and then if you're feeling very nostalgic, Cryptid is also up for an award from 2018. Remember 2018 before the whole plague and everything? Before the world ended. Wasn't that awesome? So <laughs> I, that gets my vote just because it was a better time of the better time to live. So I would probably vote for Kennerspiel. I would probably vote Cryptid, even though I'd said before, it's probably not even the best Cryptid you can get now because now Cryptid Urban Legends is out. So anyway, that we need the, the bad thing is we don't even know as gamers that don't live in Germany, we don't know what the field is. We don't even know what qualifies for a game this year. So it's like, that's why it can just be about anything that will come out and qualify. If, if it can be something for 2018, who knows? Maybe what is, is, uh, what Megaland? What when did that come out? Twenty fifteen? That might be up next year. I thought you were you know, gonna go for like just now. Gonna go in German? Can I, can I jump so, in here? Because I feel you like, will. You will jump in when I throw it. To you. <laughs> First, we're going to a <laughs> man in the orange corner. Oh, oh comprised geez. entirely of twisted steel and sex appeal. We're going to old man Chris. What say you for thirty seconds? <laughs> oh. 
Well, I, I just feel honored. I appreciate this. Uh, I've, I've never been never been talking about so highly. Um, uh, I guess I'll have to talk about this highly esteemed award as well because of it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, in a lot of ways, I do kind of feel uh, agree with John. It is a little strange that <clears throat> uh, it's based on when it gets to Germany, especially because me being an old person uh, and playing for so long, I'm used to the game coming out in Germany and then like three years later getting stateside. So um, I remember when we used to be like, oh, I won the Spiel des Jahres. Like, sweet, I can't wait to get it. Oh, I got to wait a couple, you know, a year or two or six months, whatever it was. So it was like the original Kickstarter. It was like you heard about it, and they're like, yeah, I want to buy that, and you had to wait three years to get it. But anyway, so, um, so uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, especially with John talking about it, Cascadia does sound interesting. It's got some of those, you know, uh, d- tough decisions that I appreciate. So, um, but, uh, but you know what? I want to I wanna try Cryptid. <laughs> <laughs> it's old enough. Old Daniel. Up for different awards. <laughs> but, all right. Thank you, uh, old man Chris. Now we'll go to the uh, ever dangerous Dan Connors. What do you say? All right. Well, I think the Spiel des Jahres is still a fun award. I think sometimes we put mm-hmm. a little too much emphasis on awards and looked into them like they hold some kind of universal weight. Um, so, like, it who cares when the game was released? The point is that there are, there's somebody on the spiel board in Germany who really enjoys this game. So there's no, like why be so frustrated that the game didn't come out this year? Like I know every year I've done a little like top 10 of my favorite games and I can't even pick enough games that I played that came out that year. So I'm just like, man, eh, the games I, pl- I, you know, the new to me, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. So, uh, an award it doesn't have to be completely to the year like it, it doesn't matter we can go back in time a little bit it's not going to hurt anybody to get look at a game from 2019 and say you know that one's worth it also john i, I don't know why you're so angry about this uh, award that's in germany there's other good awards here in america that you could just you know you know, hit your wagon to like the dice tower awards are one of my favorites personally. And those complete seem completely relevant, but in Germany, they like the spill to jar. And the people who really like the spill to jar are those families who buy one game a year. They're like the everyday family, not the gamer family. So there's com- there's so much relevance to the spill to jar still in that side of the world. And uh, we should appreciate that. There we go. Th- that was a very balanced statement there, Daniel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I completely disagree with it. But it's All right. Can balanced. I jump in finally? Uh, <laughs> just a minute. Just a wait, minute. Wait, wait, Just a minute. And now we go to the man, the hair, the voice, Andy Barnett. Now, let me tell you something. I want you to listen real carefully here, okay? I want you to listen to these names. There we go. Okay. Uwe Rosenberg. That's Stephon a name. That's, those are names. Klaus Tuber. Reiner Knizia, Klaus Jurgen Red. I probably didn't say that right. <laughs> Those, my friends, are the forefathers of board gaming, I will say. And they are all of one nationality. They're all German, I believe. And so here's the deal. I believe. The Spiel des Jahres is important. And it is important because board gaming, as we know it today, tabletop gaming originated in Germany. You can't say it originated in America. You just can't. You, you can't. What, what are you going to talk about? Monopoly? You're going to talk about trouble? You're going to talk about hungry, hungry hippos? No. We're going to talk about Magic the Gathering. Time. We're going to talk about. No. <laughs> Don't wake no, no. daddy. 
We're going to talk about yeah. Settlers of Catan. We're going to talk about Tigris and Euphrates. We're going to talk about... Uh, uh, it goes on. Carcassonne. Um, these guys are what make board gaming special. And the heritage of German board gaming is what makes uh, the industry what it is today. And so for you to tarnish the good name of the Spiel de Jar, uh, John, I just feel is uh, unseemly. I feel it's unseemly. It's uh, it's unwarranted. And uh, personally, I don't I don't want to be a part of uh, this show if you're going to continue like this. <laughs> you're going to take off your headphones. Uh, okay, Eddie, let me let me throw some names out to you. Micro Macro Crime City. Pictures. Just one. Are these awesome games? Are these even the best games that came out the month they came out? These were games that won the Spiel des Jahres the last three years. There, I'm just saying there's a lot of history. There's, to there's one. Micro beautiful. Macro is an activity. Beautiful. Just One is a good party game, but it's a party game. We're talking about mechanics. Nobody says, my favorite mechanic is we all try to guess what something is. That's Nobody says that. That's nobody's favorite mechanic. That's a filler game or something to do when you can't play a real game. And that one game of the year. The problem and pictures is, is the same thing. Nobody says is, my mechanic is give me some yarn and I'll try to make a picture out. Now listen, now listen John, that. John, you listen to me here. You are trying to taint an award that has I don't have to try. So they do it themselves. So many people over the years, just based on some recent nominations, okay? They, let, let's put it this way. When you think of sports trophies, do you think of whatever the trophy is for the NBA team that wins? No, you think of the Stanley Cup. It is the oldest trophy in all of sports. What? It is. It, I never think of a Stanley Cup. <laughs> you should. You should. It's the most. It's the most beautiful, honored oh, trophy wow. in all of sports. And the Spiel des Jahres is the same thing. The Spiel des Jahres. That's why I don't like Stanley it. Stanley Cup of board game. <laughs> now it makes sense. I, I will uh, say though, like I, I kind of agree with, with with John about how it it um. It, 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 there is some disconnect with these days, like especially with the way that Daniel put it, and it's true. And I, I never really put it th thought about it this way. Like, it's like the idea of like a bunch of Karens here in America <laughs> deciding which game that they like most. And so, yeah, you're gonna get like you know, you're gonna get like Cards Against Humanity and, and Life and yeah. and you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, the fact that it's not actually from a panel of board gamers, quote unquote. It kind of does kind of kill it for me a little bit. Well, let me ask you this real fast. How many of you have sat down with someone from Spiel des Jahres and talked with them? I have not. I, I've not got those free tickets to <laughs> Essen yet. So yet. once they mail those to me. I met a guy. I met, I a, met guy. a guy. Uh, All right. Name drop. Name drop. Did your, did your uncle also work for Nintendo back in the day? <laughs> no, no. But this guy was from Germany. He was with Spiel What was his name? Prove it. I want names. His name, I believe, was... Uh, if you can't say it without spitting, then it's not a German name. I just spit. And uh, yeah. at the time, he was very, very genuine. He gave me a free pen. That's nice. So Was this the Mayfair oh, pen they, they gave everyone at Gen Con 2017? It's yeah. a Spiel yeah. de Jarre pen. It was a Spiel it's a Freeman oh, okay. pen and been having. <laughs> what is wrong with you, John? You know, I do. Summer does been sprechen Sie Deutsch. I do have to I do have to counter this a little bit. You guys are talking about okay. the irrelevancy. Um, I'm gonna butcher his name, and I, I'm not great on my feet with the names, but I think it's Wolfgang Kramer. Wolfgang Kramer, maybe he did. Oh, there's another one. There's yeah, another one. But he's brand new, and you're talking about unrelevant. Also, who did Great Western Trail? No, seriously, who did it? I kind of forgot. Uh, uh, Alexander Pfister. These yeah. are two men who have uh, 
owned the Spill de Jars in the past five years, and they have become our, you know, Andy talked about our founding fathers. These guys are our current fathers. These are the guys that are changing the industry today, and they are being highlighted by the Spill de Jars as well. So are they irrelevant? Absolutely not. They are completely relevant, and they will continue to be relevant even this year. Who you got there, Andy? We, we That's uh, Alexander Fister in all his glory. There you go. There in you all go. his glory. <laughs> I mean, who would argue with that? What, did he call you or something? Why is that on your <laughs> yeah, phone? Right. I yeah. got him on the phone right here. Hello. <laughs> Alex. Alex, baby. Uh, <laughs> give him my number. <clears throat> all right, guys. We've wrapped that one up. I think we've uh, made enough people mad with that segment, so. Oh, I think it's, I think it's time for Andy now with his uh, with his little game. Ah, yes, thank you so much, John. His for, little, little game. Sorry, Here's little, little game. game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are going to play a game called uh, Play Shelf or Trade. It is uh, very similar to another game you may know. What game would that be, Andy? Uh, I'm not going to say it, but uh, it, it has to Ask I think your we parents. all played it as kids, maybe, or maybe, maybe we didn't. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> the, the, the point of this game is I'm going to give you some games, and I want to hear uh, which game you would want to play right now, which game you would want to put on your shelf to play later, and which game you're like, yeah, I don't need that. I'll trade it. So uh, I'm going to hear from each of you, and I want to hear what your your points are and see, uh, see what you think. Um, I'm going with uh, the theme of the letter E. The letter E. <laughs> brought to, this okay, episode so. brought to you by the letter E. <laughs> brought to you by the letter E. So here are the three games. Ready? Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Chris first, uh, Mister Old okay. Man Chris. Uh, the games are going to be Eclipse, okay. Endeavor, Age of Sail, ooh, okay, and Elysium. Ugh. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with play. Uh, Eclipse because I have I have yet to get it played. I, I've wanted to play it for a long time. It just it's it just eluded me. Unfortunately, I definitely want to play that. It looks uh, you know yeah, especially because it's a lot of people say it's a quicker TI, and I've also want to play TI. So either way, uh, want to play those um, shelf? I guess uh, Endeavor. Uh, I played it recently with uh, Andy uh, last couple months ago, and it was enjoyable. Um, but it just it, I want to get it to the table just a tad less than than Eclipse, and then so I guess I'm going to go ahead and trade Elysium. Have you played Elysium? I have not, uh, but just those other two, just uh, real real hot for those other two. They're just like cans. So hot right before now. we get to uh, so uh, right you know mature here, let's move on to John. John. <laughs> um, yes, thank you, Andy, for including me in your little game. Um, let me say. <laughs> well, I'm going to go to Daniel oh. first. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my <laughs> my play game is gonna be um, in Denver. In, in Denver. In Denver. In Denver. How do you say that? I can't say it. Endeavor. In in Denver. In Denver. Are you serious? No, it's not in Denver. It's Endeavor. 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 I'm gonna play, gonna play Endeavor. 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 That's right. All right. Um, it's a game that Andy has uh, actually been bringing out for years, uh, even before the Kickstarter. That's actually one of the old man Andy games that he had, and I wasn't allowed to play it because it was too old. But once I heard some of the reviewers talk about it, I was like, all right, I can play this now. So it feels a little, uh, it feels a little bit more uh, 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 playable. Playable. Yeah. Eclipse. I'll put on the shelf. I, I, 
I don't know. These big space opera games, they've never really appealed to me. Like TI3, uh, Twilight Imperium 3, for those of you who don't actually know what that is. Chris. Uh, <laughs> I'm well aware. I'm well, also you're... aware there's Twilight Imperium 4 now. Oh, yeah, well, that's a good point. But, <laughs> okay, anyways. So, yeah, I, that one's fine. It is a little more Euro-y, so I'm a little... But actually, I prefer Star Trek Ascendancy. That is very similar to uh, yes. no, it's not the on the list, version, but it's the worst version of Eclipse. <laughs> no, it's a great version because it's the theme. The theme is what matters in those games. They're all the same otherwise. Uh, and then the last game is going to be Elysium. I'm going to trade that piece of garbage. I've played that game. I think just twice now, but each time I was like, it was a roller coaster of emotions. It was like, I love this game. It's great. I have all these choices. Oh, wait, they just took my choice. That's okay. That's okay. I'll do my second choice. Oh, they just took that. It's okay. I have a third choice. Oh, they just took that. I don't have a choice now. I don't have anything. And it happened time after time after time again. I do not like games that are like, hey, here's all these choices that you get to have. Uh, Psych. And then they just take them all back. And I felt like that game did it over and over to me. Done with it. Don't want to play it again. So Elysium, you traded. All right, and John. Oh, is it my turn? Okay, um, Actually, I'll go first. Um, first of all, first of all <laughs> uh, poor choice on three games to pick. Uh, let me say that. <laughs> okay, that's minus one. That's number. And uh, yeah. Endeavor is by default my play. Not only because it's a great game, which it is. Endeavor Age of Sail is a very good game, and. It's on so many levels, not just the gameplay, but also the components, the presentation, everything that Chris hates. It's 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 a really good game. <laughs> I always had a good time when I played it. I will probably go ahead and shelf Elysium, uh, even more so after what uh, Daniel said. Maybe I don't want to play Elysium, but I like that it's a drafting. It's a drafting game, right? Don't yeah. you draft in Elysium? Yeah. Drafting is, is what as I said before, I like drafting. Drafting's fun. So I, I would put Elysium on the shelf. And then Eclipse, I've never been a big fan of the CW or vampires, so I would trade Eclipse. <laughs> oh, you're thinking of Twilight. You, Are you talking about like the CW, like the television network? <laughs> well, you know, you have all those uh, vampires and makeup, and that what Eclipse is about? Twilight Eclipse or whatever? <laughs> I heard you that's, no. oh, that's okay. what Twilight Aperium is. It's about shiny vampires. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you my reasoning here, and I appreciate all of you uh, chiming in. I might surprise you with this one because I actually like all three of these games. But as I look at them, the one I would want to play right now is Eclipse. Uh, I I really like Eclipse. It just doesn't get to the table enough because people insist that it's too long. But that's just not the case. It really isn't that complicated. If I could just get a group that would play it even once a month, I think we'd really like it. Maybe because it's 12 years old. <clears throat> no, it's a great game. Um, the game I'd put on the shelf right now, this is, here's going to surprise you. I'm, I'm going to put Elysium on the shelf. Um, I like Elysium. I like Elysium a lot. Um, it's a really good game. Um, I, I don't know what your problem is, Daniel. I, I've always enjoyed it. It has engine building. It's got interesting mechanics. Uh, the way you place your workers is interesting. It is a game you need to know. I will, I will say that it helps to know the cards, to know what's potentially out there. And, and some of those games, you know, uh, suffer from that, I guess, if you want to call it that, because we play so many games, it, it helps to know it well. Mm-hmm. Um, Endeavor Age of Sail, good game. But, you know, the last few times I've played it, honestly, it's kind of a, been kind of a, a miss for me. I don't really? know. So. That is surprising that that's your, your trade. 
Yeah. It, it's yeah. So I would trade it right now. Out you were trying three. to get it for forever, weren't you? I was, and it's a yeah. beautiful game. Oh, it's yeah. a beautiful game. It does it have anything to do with the fact that the player boards are warped? I feel like you die a little inside every time you open up that game. I got the Kickstarter and the, they were warped, and I was like, are you kidding? Oh, this is so beautiful, except for the warp boards. No. Oh. Anyway. All right. Well, is that it, guys? I think that wraps that up. Yes, All right. Well, you know, that is the end of Around the Board, and at the end, we have a final score. Um, we have me at 17, uh, you know, pulling up that the rear. hard to beat. It does sound hard to beat, but not that hard because Andy and John are tied at 19. And Chris, today is the big winner at 22. Old man Chris, you get to stand on your soapbox that was made in 1909 and say whatever you want for two whole minutes. Wow. That's a long time. Thank you very much, guys. I, I mean, it's it's a very well deserved victory. Obviously, um, I want to thank all the people that uh, got me here myself. Um, and uh, yeah, I uh, want to talk about a couple of things that are really important to me. Um, it's called playing games, and uh, it's really hard to do that when uh, all you're doing is is focusing on buying new ones all the time. You're never getting them to the table again when all you care about is the new hotness. Um, and also, you're not getting them to the table very often anyway because the games are so expensive nowadays because of all the beautiful, amazing components. Um, you know, I'd rather have uh, a game with some cheap little wood cubes, like three or four of those, opposed to one game that's just beyond beautiful, but then you play it once and realize it's actually trash. Um, even those four, I mean, you got 25% chance of a winner, but with the uh, the big big one game with all the components... It's 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 a hit or miss, and uh, that's a lot of money to, that you wasted. So, uh, with that said, I'm very excited about my brand new spanking copy of uh, my father's work. The component quality <laughs> is off the charts, and uh, Renegade, please finish that app so I can finally play it. There we go. All right, guys. Well, well done, Chris. You didn't take your full two minutes, which is just shocking. That's very unusual. <laughs> Completely mind blowing. But. Is. Guys, I think that's it. I think this uh, puts around the board episode one squarely in the bag. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, we didn't talk about how we were going to uh, see Thanks this out. Thanks for joining us on today's program. Remember, if you want to catch the next episode of Around the Board, you can find us on YouTube or on our Twitter, our Facebook, or other social media that will now appear on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know Very we good. had this stuff. All I right, guys. It. Take care. Until next time, this is Daniel. This is Andy. This is Chris, and make sure you leave all your hate mail in the comments. (laughs) This is John. We'll see you around the board. See you guys. Later. Later.